Wandale Robinson is the wide receiver that you need to be targeting in every dynasty league. We will explain why on this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is $150 if your bet wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. You can also read her at Behind the Steel Curtain and Pro Football Focus. On today's show, we are recapping the 2023 season from the New York Giants, talking biggest winners, uh, losers, and some players that you should be targeting in your dynasty leagues. But Kate, I want to start with Wandale Robinson, who I believe has a chance to be a star for the Giants. And I'm going to, I'm trying to acquire him in every league. What do you think? You've got to make the case. So Marcus, I really enjoyed watching Wandale Robinson this year. And I do think it's also kind of tricky to evaluate him for his 2023 season in particular. So, right. There were kind of two factors that played into the New York Giants season. First of all, or maybe three, the first of, being which it's the New York Giants. I'm sorry if we have Giants fans listening to the show. I know you didn't have a great year. Things are going to look up, yada, yada. But that was kind of the first thing stacked against. And the second of which was coming back from a torn ACL, which he mm. tore fairly late last year in the season. So it came back from that torn ACL with obviously the task to not just overcome this, this injury from which he came back, but also to look good afterward and to feel fully comfortable after that injury. The biggest issue though, of all, I think that makes him such a hard eval is that his return from injury also coincided with a period of time where Daniel Jones was the starting quarterback before he tore his ACL, eventually ending his season. And we saw that rotation of quarterback between Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor. Now, that's what's made all of these factors so difficult. Obviously, he's in his second season, so like very young. Also a small wide receiver, though, Marcus. He's 5'8", 185 pounds. With all of these circumstances, what makes you so confident that he is a, a total winner from this season? First of all, I just think he's good. I think he's a, a really good weapon. And you're seeing his peers talk about him like I, I don't know if you saw the podcast with cd lamb they asked him like who are your favorite receivers in the league to watch and he said wandale robinson is really nice but i don't think people know how good he is yet the quarterback situation was so bad this year kate between daniel jones tommy devito tyrod taylor going back to tommy devito and yet he still had games where he produced and especially down the season when he started to become a, a little bit more involved in the offense and you could see that he was healthier he was just a dynamic weapon where you were afraid of him. Anytime he touched the ball, those are the type of players that I want to target in my leagues, because if they can get a bump in quarterback play, which is not going to be very hard for the New York giants, 
all of a sudden you could see their value double or triple. And that's a big reason why I want to go out and get Wandale this offseason if I didn't have him in every league. My question for you is what is the upside? So obviously like there was play with Daniel Jones, there was play without Daniel Jones, but I don't know necessarily that the the difference was big enough or that the difference was um like obviously there there was a difference between him and and the play with Tara Taylor versus Daniel Jones for instance. But is there any concern at all that like the upside might just simply be limited? I mean, you look at the history of wide receivers who are, he's 5'8", 185 pounds. You look at the history of fantasy production for players at that size, Marcus, the best case study that you have, generally speaking, is going to be Cole Beasley, who's had two career seasons of 10 plus fantasy points in his career. Uh, never has have we seen a, a wide receiver uh, exceed 11 fantasy points per game in any season dating back to 2000 at that height and weight. Is there any concern? It, like, I, I don't want to poo-poo, right? No, it's, a, it's wanna... fine. It's, it's, a fair, it's a fair reason to be concerned. By the way, do you know who the uh, play caller was when Cole Beasley had those two seasons? Brian Dable up in Buffalo, who happens to be Wandale Robinson's uh, coach. Wow. Look at that. Look at that little connection. Yeah, there I you know. Go. Okay. Uh, here's one of the reasons I am very optimistic. We saw last year, whenever he got competent quarterback play, and th- that bar is very, very low. He was actually pretty productive in the five games last year where Tyrod Taylor threw at least 10 passes. I know that's not a very high bar to clear, but when Tyrod Taylor basically was on the field and the primary quarterback, he averaged uh, six and a half targets a game. Uh, we saw him averaging over 60 yards per game. Again, that's those aren't huge numbers, but at least it shows you like when they can get a average quarterback, not even average, a you know, just a functional NFL quarterback, he can get the ball to Wandale Robinson and he can make plays after the catch. I guess I look at the Beasley comp is really good. I look at Tank Dell in Houston, which Wandale Robinson's two years younger than Tank Dell. Um, he's actually more explosive than Tank Dell. He's obviously not going to be, you know, paired with a CJ Stroud. But if you can give him a top 15, top 16 quarterback that can actually target him down the field and not just have every throw at or behind the line of scrimmage, I do think you could see some of his potential unlocked and some of his receiving potential unlocked. And then on top of that, Kate, I just think he's the best weapon on offense outside of Saquon Barkley, and it costs you nothing to go get him. Right now, he's being drafted as wide receiver 59. Uh, I mean, it's it's nothing. You can get him so cheap right now. Why not gamble on somebody that is this dynamic with the ball in his hands? I, I think, again, both of those are fair. And Marcus, you mentioned Tank Dell, who obviously had a breakout season despite his monstrous size concerns. I mean, he came out of college as one of the most productive wide receivers in the NCAA for two seasons and basically ignored until the third round. Uh, and that was all because of size. You look at Wandale, yep. maybe those size concerns don't matter as much. Second percentile for height, sixth percentile for weight, 20th percentile uh, in, in hand size, nine inch hands, but ran that 4-4 40-yard dash, which you love to see that kind of speed. He is a really dynamic type of player. And, I mean, the, the ADP is a great point. I mean, let's look at some some recent trades here involving Wandale Robinson. You've got Wandale Robinson for a third-round pick. 
Nothing. Nothing. I'll take Wandale. Um, Wandale Robinson for Kenny Pickett in a super flex league. Wait, come on. <laughs> you got to say it. Oh, it's Wandale. I'm not taking yeah. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett might not even be a starter <laughs> in the NFL in what? Six months. Okay, perfect. Um, I, I love this. Jordan Love and Wandale Robinson for Joe Mixon and Terry McLaurin. Oh, my gosh. First of all, I'll just take Jordan Love over both those guys. To get Wandale mm-hmm. as a throw-in is really nice. And I yes. think that's the thing for me, Kate. It's like it costs you nothing to get Wandale. But the upside is he could develop into a really solid wide receiver three. And I I just won't be surprised if he's better than that. The Giants used his second-round pick on him. They clearly love him. Uh, that's why at the end of the season, you were seeing him get eight, nine targets a game. I, I, I'm just, I want to be patient here on somebody who is going to be a full year, a full year recovered from the ACL injury. Who's probably the best yards after catch receiver on this team. What do you think his ceiling is for fantasy? Cause I'm, I'm assuming like I, I drafting him with the expectation that if all goes well, I'll have myself a low end wide receiver too with upside. Yeah, that's probably about right. I mean, I think I think it's probably more likely you're getting somebody that's going to finish as like wide receiver 27, wide receiver 28. But if it costs you wide receiver 60 prices to do that, do it. I mean, depth wins dynasties. So There you go. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about Saquon Barkley because he had an up and down season with the Giants. I want to talk about his fantasy value and where he could potentially go to improve his stock. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We want to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league by Locked On Sports Today, now available on the free Fire TV channels app. All right, Kate, let's talk about Saquon Barkley, who had an up-and-down season, did miss some time with some injuries, but scheduled to become a free agent. Where do you think he could land that would actually improve his dynasty value? That's a very interesting question, Marcus, because you look at Saquon Barkley and the opportunities. We just talked about all the opportunities on board Uh, When we mentioned DeAndre Swift last week, like there are so many potential landing spots that could yield a ton of production. Now, what I I think, and I've been saying pretty much any running back that lands with the Chargers should see a huge, massive spike in their overall fantasy value. I would really kind of like to see Saquon Barkley go to their divisional rival and land with the Eagles replace DeAndre Swift, who I'd love to see go to the Chargers. Um, And and all of that comes from the fact that I I think Saquon Barkley, we've kind of done him some massive disservice, right? With the fact that he has 
basically played behind a, you know, non-existent passing offense. What I think the Eagles could bring to him is not just, uh, you know, improvements on the offensive line, but getting him behind a dual threat quarterback, especially as he's aging in his career, opening up some of those lanes, because not just would he be playing with a dual threat quarterback, but also playing within, you know, when this offense is clicking, this can be one of the most efficient pass attacks in the league. You've got one of the best receiving duos in the NFL. You've got Dallas Goddard, who's a very solid receiving tight end. I would love to see Saquon Barkley go into a kind of dynamic offense like this, because I think, you know, especially with how many touches are on his body, I think that that could be a, a huge plus just in his overall schematic value and in improving that overall efficiency as he racks up those touches. Yeah. Of all the teams that you mentioned, I think Philadelphia has the best offensive line, right? So that makes a lot of sense, but part of me just wants to see him with the Ravens uh, in that offense with Lamar Jackson. I just think he would be a really good fit. Um, he can do everything you need him to do. He can be your power back. He can make plays out of the backfield. All those wonder- same things that I just said about the Eagles too. Like they, they applied to the Ravens. I, oh, yeah. I would love to see him with either of these teams. And I think both of those team fits like he be an RB one back to RB one status. I am going to give you a sneaky fit that I think makes a lot of sense. What if he goes to the Raiders and replaces Josh Jacobs? We know Antonio Pierce wants to run the football. So like touches isn't going to be an issue there. Like he's going to get absolutely fed. The Raiders actually have a pretty good, run blocking offensive line. They, they have very underrated uh, on that side of the ball. Now the, the issue is they don't have the quarterback that's going to potentially set up you for red zone touchdowns. They also have uh, some really good weapons in Devonte Adams and Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer. So maybe you're not seeing as much volume as a receiver, but we just saw in 2022, Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing yards and yards from scrimmage. It's not a bad fit. I think, I think the takeaway here is Kate, he could go in a number of different situations and we're going to talk ourselves into Saquon having a really good year, which means that maybe you should just buy him now before the hype gets out of control. Among active running backs, Saquon Barkley ranks 10th in career touches. Does that scare you at all? I mean, yeah, because he's already been really banged up through the course of his career. And we're going on, is this year seven now for Saquon? I believe he was drafted in 2018. 2018. Yes. Uh, going into year seven and it, you mentioned the health concerns. He just turned 27. I mean, his, just to be clear, a, a, you know, drop in his dynasty value doesn't, it, his, his dynasty value is really tricky for me. Cause while I do think he improved, he, like he comes out of this situation out of the season as a, a big winner, because he's going to leave the offense that I think has held him back for so long. I also don't know if I'm looking to buy right now. He's being drafted as the running back 10, some recent trades. Now the trade value, I will say kind of all over the board, but Saquon Barkley for tank Dell and Chicago bears running back Roshan Johnson. Oh my gosh. Give me Saquon. And I love tank Dell. Okay. Um, this one is a, a bit easier for me. James cook and Jalen Hyatt in a 2024 third round pick for Saquon Barkley and Ch- Khalil Shakir. Oh, you get my, some of my guys on both sides. I probably would lean Saquon's side. Okay. 
I'm going with James Cook on that side. That, Saquon Barkley or that's a 2024 for, uh, first round pick. Let's just say it's a mid first round pick because I don't have the exact. Oh, number. first round pick. I'll take them because especially if it's a super flex league, which I don't know if it is. Uh, you're going to have three quarterbacks go inside the top five. You're going to have three or four receivers go inside the top six picks. I'm not um, willing to trade any first round pick in any format, league format whatsoever for Saquon Barkley. We've talked about the the idea of trading for running backs, and obviously it's kind of a convoluted mess right now. Like a running backs, our general approach is to look at them as like one to two year loaners. And maybe Saquon Barkley fits that bill, but I do think he's a really expensive two, one to two year loaner considering we don't know what is next for Saquon Barkley. So I'm out, though I do think that he improved his stock massively ahead of free agency. And I mean, there are a ton of, of you know, landing spots that would make him yet another RB one season. So it like really just depends, I think on where you're at in your dynasty build as to how you want to evaluate Saquon Barkley. See, I think I would be okay flipping a late first round pick if I was in a contending window, because we're going to get to some of the player prospect profiles. That's a lot of piece player profit prospect profiles later uh, this month, but like Trey Benson from Florida state, I think I would just rather have Saquon Barkley for two years in Houston or in Baltimore or in Philly than the upside of Benson. So that one's that one's tricky for me, but I'm not giving up a Roma Dunze or a Jane Daniels or a Brock Bowers for Saquon Barkley right now. One final question before we move on to our biggest loser. And I think everybody can probably guess who that is, but I won't give it away just yet. Are there any free agency spots for you that would have you completely out on Saquon Barkley's value? Yes, there is the New York Giants. Like that's just I just don't want to see him go back to the Giants because we've already seen how this works out. I don't I don't envision the offensive line is going to be leaps and bounds better. I do think the quarterback play will be better because I think the Giants are going to have to go out and get somebody else. Um, I just don't think this Giants offense is going to add a lot of value. Whereas, like we've seen with Baltimore before, I'm just going to keep using this example. We had Mark Ingram come over from the Saints, which kind of at the tail end of his Saints career, he goes to Baltimore and all of a sudden he leads the NFL in rushing yards and is an, or sorry, rushing touchdowns and is an RB1 there. I do think there's other situations out there that could elevate his dynasty value. New York just isn't one of them. Very fair. Uh, one more thing, though, why I do think he is a winner coming out of the situation. He played 14 games, did produce. And by all accounts, he's healthy going into the offseason. And that just hasn't been something that's been the case for Saquon over the last several years. He's always been dealing with something or having to have some kind of surgery or rehabbing. He's healthy going into the, the year. So I am expecting him to look pretty good at the start of the 2024 season, which I do think matters. So that's another reason why he's a big winner for me. Let's talk, Kate, about the player that you believe lost the most dynasty value on this New York Giants team. We will get to him next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee – 
Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know that you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Term supply. Again, create an account, redeem promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. On today's show, we are breaking down the New York Giants from the twenty twenty three season. And now we're going to discuss the player that lost the most dynasty value, which is Daniel Jones. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. I'm sorry, uh, Giants fans, again, if any of you are still remaining, because I know this has been kind of a brutal show, but I will say we've been largely positive to this point. So yes. we got to talk about Daniel Jones, though. The giant elephant in the room that is currently rehabbing from a torn ACL. Yeah, that guy. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter how you how you cut it. Obviously, the health concern is one issue in and of itself. But I'm going to argue that this was probably Daniel Jones's worst season as a passer. I mean, statistically, the story tells itself career lows, you know, 5.7 yards per pass attempt, two touchdowns, six interceptions. Absolutely brutal career low, 70.5 NFL passer rating, just across the board was a really, really tough year. And I'm not also going to say that they set him up for success as a passer either. Obviously they went out, they traded for Darren Waller, got a, a traded a third round pick, which I thought might've been a, a really solid move and might've been sort of a cheat code in what was generally a kind of bad year for wide receivers and free agency. And like, I, I thought it was kind of a low cost solution, but Turns out he wasn't healthy either. Like Wandell Robinson coming off a torn ACL, he did not have a great cast of weapons around him to have a good season. But I mean, you look at the fact that he had a torn ACL, you're going to look at his contract and think, what in the world is this team going to do with Daniel Jones? Like, I, I don't know that he'll have, you know, market in the, or, you know, a, a trade value market with that contract. So like, what is this team really going to do now? They, they can't move on from him this season unless they are extremely desperate. They, you know, he, his carry contract or his contract carries almost $70 million in dead caps. So like he's there for right now, but right now it feels like he's probably a placeholder yeah. until the giants find their answer, maybe in, you know, next year's draft or whatever I, their plan. I wouldn't be surprised Kate, if they try to draft a quarterback this year, like, why wait at this point you saw in the first few weeks of the season, like he just wasn't getting it done. He looked overwhelmed. The offensive line didn't do him any favors. I I think if you have an opportunity to draft a quarterback and I believe they draft at five or six, six, I mean, you're only a few spots away, right? There's becoming a lot of hype about JJ McCarthy for Michigan and some even reports that maybe McCarthy is like the number two or number three quarterback, which means, Maybe a Drake may fall to you, or maybe they just love JJ McCarthy and they take him at six. I think you do that rather than waiting around for Daniel Jones. He's a big loser. I, I also want to mention Darren Waller. Uh, you mentioned the lack of weapons. Uh, 
Waller just not being available was another weapon. And even when or, uh, it was a, another issue, even when he was available, Kate it didn't really make an impact. Uh, I, I just want to mention his dynasty value as of September, 2023, we saw it dip to 80, right? Overall, which not great, not terrible, still a functional tight end right now. 171. That is a drop of almost a hundred spots in wow. less than a calendar a year. You go from a top 12 dynasty tight end to basically the bottom completely falling out. I think he just has to be mentioned as well. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be turning 32 this September. Obviously that in, in and of itself is kind of a red flag for dynasty value, but I do think we have to be concerned. So I, I think what maybe got lost in the shuffle a little bit for Darren Waller uh, been dealing with what had been labeled, quote unquote, as a hamstring issue. It turns out that that hamstring issue is more of a nerve issue. Like he has like, I think it's sciatic nerve problems. Which he's been dealing which, with for years with the Raiders as well. Exactly. And having it be labeled as a hamstring issue, everybody's kind of like, well, man, this hamstring issue isn't just clearing up. Well, no, it's a it's a nerve issue, which um, kind of makes it all the more concerning for me uh so yeah if i can offload either of these two assets i'm looking to do so they're probably they're they're not going to be anybody's trade target so let's be clear when you're looking to offload these players you have to be considering them throw-ins for a, a bigger trade they are not going to be the focal point of nope. any trade at this point in dynasty markets so this is one of those circumstances where I think they're kind of these extra assets that maybe tip the scale for a, a trade that has nothing to do with them, really. So to recap, buy Wandale Robinson, Giants fans. This is what you want. This, this Your hopes and dreams rely on Wandale Robinson and potentially a really good wide receiver at number six or a quarterback. We'll see. Um Saquon Barkley is somebody that you and I are both monitoring. I think I'm open, more open to try to trade him for him now than you are. Uh, I think you want to see the landing spot before you dive in. Um, and then RIP Daniel Jones. That's that's basically it, right? Yeah, sorry, Danny. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every single day. Go check out the show on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. Go download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you right back here tomorrow, breaking down the Washington commanders. We will see you then.